we've heard an unbelievable amount of ups and downs in the Torah. First with the spies, 10 of them coming back and saying that we are like grasshoppers in the eyes of those who are in the land. And only two people, Kalev and Joshua, who takes leadership, more of a leadership role this week, believe and trust in God that we could still conquer the land of Israel, which God promised to our ancestors years before. We followed up two weeks ago with Korah and the uprising against Moses and the plague that hit the people. This past week in our double Parsha of Chukat and Balak, we saw the death of Miriam, the death of Aaron, the people complaining constantly about not having enough water and food, which eventually leads to Moses not listening to God and hitting the rock. Of course, that spins out to the hitting of the rock and a few other missteps by Moses as him not being allowed to continue to lead the people into the land of Israel. Then at the end of last week's double portion and a little bit into this week's, we meet this week's hero who killed in the name of God. A man named Zimri takes a Midianite woman to his tent. We all know what that means in the biblical sense. And a fierce plague starts spreading, killing many Jews. Pinchas, the grandson of Aaron, knows what he must do. He takes his spear and he kills Zimri and the woman and the plague stops. Apparently, God was okay with the action of murder. And God went further, having Moses even make him the priest. This leads me to think about two things. First of all, it's interesting that death was something that was just part of the time. And that killing was okay. Here it was okay for Pinchas to kill two people so that a plague would not continue and cause the death of even more people as he did it in God's name. Is this like Moses killing the Egyptian earlier in our story, which eventually led to him being chosen by God to lead the people throughout the entire journey? This is obviously something that's not okay today. And number two, why if this action happened in last week's Torah portion, <coughs> and is this week's Torah portion named for Pinchas? Of course, those are just ideas to think about because I'm not going to talk to or answer any of those questions today. I recounted the past weeks and the ups and downs of this book of the Torah as a turning point of what is to come for the people as they get ready to walk into and conquer the land of Israel. Israel is something that for me has been an important part of my life. But understanding Israel and all its complexities didn't spark in me until I met a friend, a mentor, and a hero of mine. Just a few weeks ago at Camp Ramah, teaching and being part of the immersive Jewish camping experience there, I learned about my own teacher and mentor passing away. It was the fall of 1990 when I first met Yassi Katz. He himself was larger than life as our regional shaliach for USY, in which was then known as Agesha region in greater Philly and South Jersey areas. I went with him and other members of our regional Chalutzim group to West Point to learn about the Navy. Chalutzim is still a group within USY that wish to be part of the community and participate 
and more depth conversations about Israel. Of course, Yossi told us stories about the great Mickey Marcus, Israel's first general and principal architect of the IDF, who was buried there, and many of the connections between our army here in the US and the IDF. And it was fascinating, mostly because he was fascinating. He was a true storyteller, and I was lucky enough to be with him for those two years. If that wasn't enough, in the spring of 1992, after I had been elected to the regional board for USY and worked with him for two years, I received a letter from him saying that he was going to be my Roche Da, my group leader at Camp Ramon the Poconos for my last summer as a camper there. He wrote us a letter that stated, Yesher 92 promises to be an intensive, exciting, and moving experience for us all. As the oldest Adan camp, we will not resign ourselves to a summer of porch sitting, but we'll push ourselves to learn more, do more, achieve more, and have more fun than ever before. I know we will be a dugma for all of camp. It was such an amazing learning experience being with him and learning from him about the history of Israel, creating a golf course based on the nation of Israel, learned about the heroes of Israel while listening to his captivating stories about Yonatan Netanyahu and other heroes of Israel. He truly showed me during that summer that one person can make a difference. And I remember him clearly comparing Judah Maccabee, which we all know the story of, to Avigdor Kahalani. Some of you may not know the story of Kahalani, so I'll recap it in the way that Yassi would have. Avigdor Kahalani was a leader during the Six-Day War and Yom Kippur War, but it was how he got there that was the true story. After finishing basic training, he went on to Israel's West Point, the Officer Candidate School, in 1963. Shortly after he was removed from the course, saying he had no command leadership ability and he was unfit to be an officer of the IDF. Odds are it was thought that his dark skin and Yemenite background worried his Ashkenazic commanders. Luckily, their mistake was rectified by Armor Corps Commander David Elazar, who himself was Sephardic, and Kahalani skipped over the officer candidate school with the approval of IDF Chief of Staff Yitzchak Rabin. Kahalani went on to get the Distinguished Service Medal for his heroism during the Six-Day War in 1967, where he was almost killed. But it was in 1973, as the Oz-77 commander that his true heroism was realized. The Syrians invaded the Golan with 1,650 tanks and 177 tanks to the Israeli army, for the Israeli army. 99% of the Israelis on the front lines were killed or wounded in the first two days of the war. Just four days into the war on October 9th, Kahalani had just eight tanks left with little ammunition, no food, and his men were totally exhausted. The men were scared and left from their tanks running into the field and Avigdor followed them and tackled them and stated that they were the last line of defense. We are the ones who will either choose to run away or fight for the land and country in which we so much love, he said. He got back in his tank and moved forward to the edge of the valley and the rest of the remaining tanks didn't miss a shot 
destroying 260 tanks and making the Syrians retreat and then be caught by a fresh Israeli tank corps. Due to his heroism in holding off the Syrian forces, Kalani won and was awarded the Medal of Valor, Israel's highest decoration for his courage, his heroism, his leadership in the battle, as he and those other soldiers with just eight tanks from O77 saved the nation of Israel. That story, along with hundreds of others, fascinated and dazzled me and 50 other 16-year-olds as we learned from him that summer. A few years later, when I was in Israel, I saw him again. And then in college, when he came to the States, he always made it a point to get in touch and reconnect. Ever since moving here to the Twin Cities, he would come and recruit people from the community to the Alexander Moss High School in Israel, where he was a top educator. And we would have a drink and a meal together, reminiscing about old times and him telling me new stories that I could not stop listening to. Throughout his amazing life, he continued to share his stories throughout Israel as he guided and molded teens and led special tour groups until just a few years ago when cancer took over. This one-time IDF boxing champion shriveled away over the past few years, but the impact that Yossi had on all the people who he touched was powerful. He wrote a book just a few years ago called A Voice Called, Stories of Jewish Heroism, which we've given to our seventh grade students here. And he retold the story of over 30 Israeli heroes, including Michael Levin, who was killed in 2006 in the Lebanon War. Michael was a former student at the Alexander Muss Institute in Israel. And I knew Michael as a young exuberant camper at Camp Ramah in the Poconos all those years ago. Michael, who gave his life from the nation, was taught by the best, Yossi, how to love Israel and care for the nation. He taught him about Yonatan Netanyahu and the great hero who died in the Israel's raid on Antebi, and Michael wanted to be a paratrooper and give his life for the state of Israel, and he did because of Yossi. Heroes come in many packages, both Yossi and Michael, and Avigdor Kahalani remind me every day that one person can truly make a difference. And many people have been changed by their stories. As we think about them and today's hero, Pinchas, and how he saved the nation in his own way by following his heart and doing it b'shem Hashem in the name of God. It is my hope that each of us learns from our heroes and takes the opportunity to create meaningful changes in our lives as we make the world an even better place. With Yassi gone, there is now another hero in heaven. And I will always remember him and how his stories and his life made an impact on me and so many others. Over this Shabbat, I hope you find the time to reflect upon the heroes in your life. Shabbat Shalom.